Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schippel. And that's Steve Jones. And today on the program, we have a band called The Lowest Pair. They it's, are fantastic. Yeah, no, they're, they're really, really exciting. And I, I look forward to getting to talk about it, so I'm not going to give too much away up front. But it's one of these bands that I didn't know about uh, going in, but I, you know, I stumbled upon them, and we'll get into a little bit about, you know, what, what helped me stumble upon them and what kind of drew me to them um, in the interview, and then talk about it afterwards as well. But, um, but definitely a band to check out. And uh, absolutely, absolutely, a great band. Unfortunately, I would, uh, wasn't able to go uh, with you this time around to, uh, you know, interview and. and, and the show and I really feel like um, you know from the footage uh, that I saw online and, and, and the audio that I heard I, I really missed out yeah. I really missed out and I hope I get the opportunity sometime <laughs> in the near future to, to actually see them live because this is one of these um, what do they call it like uh, you know hidden gems or something that really I mean Remember, remember the, remember this band's name. If they ever pop up on your radar, go. The lowest pair. It, just go. The lowest pair. Yes, exactly. And uh, maybe one of these days you'll be able to make it out to an interview, Jens. I hope so. If I could just stay home. Right. <laughs> we'll bring the band to you. So. <laughs> yeah. There we go. You know, it would be so much help, so much more helpful if these bands could just come to my house. That'd be much more convenient for me and the pod. You uh, have cast, room in your backyard. You have a good spot. I where, do. Where there's a gigantic dirt field in my backyard, and um, you know, there's lots of room for a, you know a stage that we could set up, and you know. And I've seen you working on the blueprints for for how you're gonna you know fix up your backyard. I think you just need to use a little eraser and make a spot for a band bands to start playing. I know exactly where it's going to be, right in the corner. It's going to be right in the corner, and then um, it'll be an elevated stage so that uh, we've got a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, these little cheap chairs from Ikea, so we've got lots of lawn seating, you know, minus the lawn, so it's more like dirt field seating. Bring, bring your own <laughs> chair to the show if you want to sit. Bring your own chair. We've got lots of parking. It is general um, admission. Yeah, general admission. You know, I'll have the kegs ready, and uh, you know, it'll it'll be a benefit show. It'll be one of these free benefit shows. Drinks are awesome. included. That's what I hear. Drinks are included. Yes, all proceeds go to you know the charity of your choice. Oh, you're gonna be doving out <laughs> money to uh, hundreds of different charities, huh? Yeah, well, we'll have to crowdsource or somehow a crowdfund or what's the name of that? <clears throat> yeah, somehow we'll have to you know drum up some cash for this. <laughs> I think you're already in over your head, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm screwed. Okay, scratch that. Anyway. Yes. But more importantly, like you said, you you haven't been around too much. So uh, you, you took a trip most recently. And, and on the podcast every week, we like to talk to about your trip of the week. Uh, so Yeah, it's, it's starting to be like that, right? Um, I don't know what's up with that. I normally don't travel this You much. travel all the time. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. It just seems like it oh, for some right, reason. Yeah. There's a lot of traveling going on. But and these trips that I've been on recently have mostly been planned like months and months and months and months, like, the, like in the beginning of the year. Uh, we planned a bunch of trips and and I kind of forgot about them and now like six months later it's like oh well, yeah that trip we were going to go on so yeah um back to your question the trip new orleans i've always pronounced the name of the city new orleans but i guess it's more like new orleans Nolans. yeah but yeah when you're in new orleans it's Nolans. n apostrophe a w 
Limbs. Yes. All limbs. <laughs> and I've got to say, for those of you that have never been to this awesome town, you have got to go, especially if you're a music lover. So we had a hotel right in, uh, right in the French Quarter. And um, we primarily went with a bunch of uh, our friends here from the Bay Area that were football fans. Um, so it was kind of a combo trip for us in terms of, you know, really getting into the music and the culture and um, you know, hanging out and watching the Saints uh, lose wait, wait, <laughs> against wait, wait. the Raiders. So what you're saying, amazing. You know, that, it's good that the Raiders won, but what you're telling me is you stayed to the end of the game. Yes, 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 yes. And I don't remember... Uh, Steve, you're going to have to remind me if I've ever said this on the podcast, but there was a game, uh, another uh, destination game, where my wife and I flew to Denver. Yep. She's a huge Denver Broncos fan. Or, no, that's not true at all. She, um, Mainly she's a one huge person. <laughs> Peyton Manning fan, right. Uh-huh. Uh, so no allegiance to the Colts, no allegiance to Denver, really, but kind of obsessed with the guy. And um, so of. we flew, kind of, yeah. She has like a 6'5", real-life size fat head of, of Peyton Manning. Above our bed uh, in the guest room, um, not going to talk about that anymore. But I just, you know, I'm just putting that out there. She's kind of a fanatic, and uh, you know, going through a hard time now that he's uh, retired and can't really, you know, see much of him on TV anymore. But whatever. Uh, point is, uh, we went to a Denver game, Patriots in Denver in December. I think it was. It was fucking cold. <laughs> It was so. It was thirteen degrees, I think. I, I think. They, was, I think on the news they called it flip flop weather, didn't they? They might have sandal weather. Wear your sandals. Sand, oh no! I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did because that's more or less what my wife was wearing. Uh, she was more into looking good than she was into the whole practicality of staying warm. Uh, you know, during a December game in uh, in Denver, and on top of that, our seats were so nosebleed. They were beyond nosebleed. We were at the very top of Mile High Stadium, right? Okay? Mm-hmm. It's, this is an open-air stadium. We're at the top. It's windy. It's snowing. We're there, Steve. We got there uh, fifth. We got there um, uh, late uh, because it took forever to get into the stadium. So we got in there halfway through the first quarter. Um, I didn't so even we, know that part because... <laughs> didn't even know that part? Yeah. So we, we missed the first half of the first quarter because we couldn't get in we had these special tickets or something and there was only one special. person in the entire yeah uh stadium um uh behind the ticket counter that would accept or deliver our, our tickets to us so it took forever to find that person we got in uh so goddamn cold we left after one and a half quarter so at halftime we got the hell out of there i would have i would have stayed i was fine but you know the wife wants to leave gotta can't say like you can go back to the hotel i'm staying here you know that's yeah. not gonna fly uh but i totally would have uh you know enjoyed doing that because it's, it's not that often and this might not sound fun to a lot of people but it was so much fun sitting up there in the snow with all of these uh, diehard fans totally in the mood um you know watching these two epic teams play for, for so, the one quarter that you saw yeah for the one quarter yeah one great. quarter and maybe five minutes of the the first quarter so yeah so 15 minutes uh you know halftime we hopped in the cab drove back to the got driven back to the hotel was we were there literally like right when uh the the second quarter started so we watched most of the game from the hotel which we could have done at home right (laughs) i mean you could have it's it's a little cheaper too but yeah (laughs) yeah so i am so excited to say that we watched we were able to see the entire game um 
in New Orleans, and uh, you know, part of the reason for that is the Superdome is a dome, and it's not open air, and it was kind of, I would say, borderline oppressive humid when we were there, so um, it was really nice. So no uh, snow. No snow, no snow, but it had, had it been open air, uh, she probably would have, you know, dragged me out of there, and we would have gone, you know back to the hotel what were the other so, highlights you said you call it a music town so a music town so anyway back to new orleans um new orleans is awesome for those of you that love music you've got to go gotta go gotta go i mean there are several places in the country that you must visit you know obviously there's stuff like nashville and austin uh texas um but new orleans has got so much soul i mean it doesn't matter what street you walk down in the in in, in the central part of uh the french quarter you have musicians everywhere on every street corner uh you've got them playing in cafes uh and then some of these cafes are old and old these really old buildings and they've got amazing acoustics uh we had this one guitarist he had a really simple acoustic guitar he was just playing Pink Floyd. It was amazing. Um, uh, most of these people were individual players, so very few bands uh, kind of playing outside. They were mostly, you know, in venues inside and bars and clubs and stuff. Um, but just amazing, soulful blues and, and, and some jazz, you know, playing, being played on the streets. Uh, blew me away. I mean, real high-quality stuff. Um in New Orleans, uh, you you gotta go. You gotta go for for that. You've got to go for the for the pole boy sandwiches too. They're amazing. I've never even heard of this stuff. What is it? Tell me the about pole it. boy. The pole boy is like um, it's like a hot dog, but not really. So you you get a you get a bun that kind of looks like a hot dog bun, but it's it's glorified. It's much nicer. It's bigger. It's softer, uh, and it's filled with. Typical uh, New Orleans food, you know, you either have pieces of sausage in there um, or uh, I don't know, I'm not a really sausage guy, but you can get like fried shrimp and, um, you know, stuffed with coleslaw and it's really, it's, it's comfort food. It's kind of like mashed potatoes. It's, it's really comforting to eat. It's, they're generally super, super cheap, which was why they're called pull boys back in the day. <laughs> so think veggie hot dog, I guess. Think supersized veggie hot dog. Or, or uh, not veggie, what am I talking about? Um, seafood, yeah. like seafood. Yeah, seafood, seafood hot dog. Seafood dog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, they got a name for that. I hear it's a pool boy. So. Pool boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we had food like that, you know, food that was really specific to New Orleans that you can't really get around here in the Bay Area uh, unless you look really, really, really hard, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, it was awesome. It was a really good trip. Excellent. I'm glad you had fun. When is the next trip? Uh, I don't think we have one planned. Whoa. You'd be shocked. Whoa. Yeah, I do Whoa. not think we have one planned. Um, no, the parentals are coming. They're visiting. So yeah. we're going to be going to another concert with them. Uh, I mentioned that in the last podcast. Yes. Willie Nelson and co. Uh, you know, we'll be there for that. Um, Neil Young, all those guys. Metallica. That'll be, I, Metallica. Bridge, yeah, school, Metallica. bridge School Benefit. Yep. Uh, That's the Bridge School Benefit. Right, right. We'll have Nora Jones and... Um, Dave Matthews. And, yes. Definitely Dave Matthews. Yeah. Um, I hear about those shows. I mean, it's it's obvious kind of when you kind of get all these names together in a, in a one lineup like that, you're like, this is a huge lineup not to be missed, right? And um, right. tickets are, of course, very expensive to pay for everybody to be able to um, to be there. Obviously, a lot of money go, of it goes to the bridge school, but um, 
but the sets are super short. Like you're you're not getting. I mean, these are all headline acts that can do their own three hour mm-hmm. sets if they if they want to, right? And right. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess the downside is that you don't get a full concert from each and every one of them. Um, but you do get them in a kind of special setting where they're doing acoustic yeah. stuff mostly, right? So that that's an opportunity that you normally don't have uh, when you see these when you see these bands. And that'll be my um, first bridge school, which is pretty exciting because I've always wanted to go, uh, but uh, never could have uh, too steep for my blood. So this year I, I caved and I'm saying I'm doing it, and we're, we're going to bridge school. So cool. Well, we're going together, and uh, are we going to pod? We going to pod there live? That's what you say, but uh, I mean, probably the only way is we could do that is on a phone. So uh, we're not getting any audio equipment in. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll try to sneak we'll, it in. We'll try to you know. Um, I've heard that baby strollers work because nobody ever checks uh, a baby stroller. Are, so we'll just they might check it if there's no baby in it though. I mean, well, I don't know. Uh, well, whatever. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll just, you want me to we'll bring, bring my two diapers? We'll bring a we'll bring a diaper bag and stuff all the uh, audio equipment uh-huh. in the diaper bag, and they're uh-huh. not gonna check that. Shit. No, 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 no. Why would they? <laughs> Why would they check that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other news, I—I uh, I mean, I had a big weekend as well. I did the Giants, you did. Gi- Giants half marathon. You so. did. I'm dying to hear all about that. It was you, yes. part of the Fab Four. I saw. So you did. tell me all about it. Yes. Yeah, so Saturday was uh, my daughter did the kids run, which is they say it's uh, for four, kids four to six years old. It's one lap around the uh, the uh, the Giants Stadium field, and but it's not. It wasn't even a full lap. It was like three quarters of a lap because um, you're not going back to the starting point um and uh, and so fern um had a, a really great time she uh i mean she ran she did good and it was her first run she was a little bummed to be honest because she got her her medal at the end and it was uh plastic it was like rubbery you know bendy plastic sort of thing uh, so it wasn't right. it wasn't a medal she really wanted a medal uh but uh. but it was a you know, a kid's run. So maybe next time we'll work her up to the 5K, get her really going there, out there. You know, There you go. That, that's a good way to motivate her. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you want the real solid, uh, you know, types of medals and certificates and stuff that, you know, daddy gets, then yep. keep yeah. on working at it. <laughs> 5K. Exactly. Uh, so, um, so that was Saturday. We did that, and then Sunday went back with uh, my buddy Joe, who used to co-host the podcast, uh, and um, and we did the half marathon. So we we got up at four a.m. and um, and then got to San Francisco. Race started at seven, so it was an early morning, and uh, ran from ATT Park past the Bay Bridge all the way down to the Golden Gate Bridge and uh, and back, um, and. Uh, and for my last half marathon I did, I, you know, I'm, my mode is like run, like go fast. Right. And, um, and I can do that uh, for a while, but then I'm, you know, I burn out eventually and, but, but I do well uh, at it. And this one, um, Joe was, um, Joe can't run as uh, fast as I can. So I, uh, paced myself. I decided I'm just going to take this easy because there's 20,000 people here. I'm not going to place, uh, in, in this race. So I'm just going to, uh, pace myself and I ran, you know, nine and a half minute miles with Joe and, um, and we finished in just over two hours, two hours, five minutes total. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun and then stuck around for my sister who did the, uh, the 5k. So there was the, uh, the fab four, it was a, a fun couple of days in the city and, um, in good times. And so, uh, that's awesome. That's, it's almost like, it's almost like uh, team Jones, right? It's you yeah. 
your daughter, your sister, and your and your buddy Joe, yeah, the Fab Four. So you know, I think that's you know one of the things that we really need to to emphasize here is how um, in what kind of influence that you're making on the lives of other people, right? I mean, this is something that you kind of started, right? Your daughter isn't doing this; wouldn't yeah. have done this by herself. Your sister might not have done this by herself. She you know, you're the one that's kind of influencing this. And Joe, Joe. Um, isn't necessarily doing the workouts that you're doing and you know kudos to you for 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 pacing yourself and 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 you know being his buddy and, and running with him yeah yeah no it's it's fun and it's good to take care of yourself and so yeah i'm happy everybody was able to get out and do it and uh, and it's great i already i mean i myself already have my next run lined up um in november yeah. it's the ragnar uh it's actually a 12 person relay from san francisco to napa uh, 191 miles total you do three legs each uh, of different lengths and uh, and so I'm running with a bunch of uh, co-workers and um, and so it's over two days so that's I mean it's going to be ridiculous um, don't know why I said that but where is that again it's from San Francisco to Napa but it's it's a it's not a direct path it's 191 miles total so you end in Napa uh, so do you do like the back roads all the way over there, like I, West Marin? You know, I have no of? idea. I have no idea. Probably over the Golden Gate Bridge or something, and then through uh, through that direction. I imagine we'll be running by your house, so I can probably egg it. Um, <laughs> Bastard. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm asking because uh, sometimes when I do the back roads on my motorcycle, mm-hmm. um, they're blocked off because of this crazy long run that people do. So I'm wondering if that's it, or if it's just something similar, or. Um, it might, it might be. Yeah, I, I don't know the whole course or anything yet. I just know there's different lengths um, uh, for each leg, um, and I need to do. I need to look into it a little bit more. But that's in November, so. Cool. So Ragnar is a Viking, is that right? Okay. Sounds <laughs> sounds Viking. I'm like so. Ragnar sounds really familiar. Why do I know that Ragnar? What what is Ragnar? I think uh, that name comes up from like science fiction and fantasy books. Okay. Um, but I'm just looking it up. I guess Ragnar was originally some sort of badass Viking or something. I don't know. Anyway, so that's exciting. So good times. I think uh, speaking of good times, it's time to uh, bring on our guest for the podcast today. Uh, again, the lowest pair. Um, I uh, sat down with uh, the. Um, uh, one of the singers for the lowest pair. It's uh, obviously two people in the band. I sat down with Kendall Winter, um, and the other uh, member of the pair is Palmer T. Lee. He was parking their uh, their car while uh, during the interview, so I um, I just did the interview with Kendall, and uh, and it's great conversation. I think we need to hop right into it. But before we do. In true concert pipeline fashion, we want to bring you one of their songs from the, their set. They played at Doc's Lab in San Francisco, which I had never been to. Nice intimate venue, probably holds about fifty people or so. Um, nice. And um, and so this is um, uncertain as it is even. Hey there, this is Kendall. I'm Kendall from the Lowest Pair, and you are listening to Concert Pipeline. What we like to say is not a true story at all. This is completely fictional narrative about screwing your whole life up over and over and over and something that we don't know anything about. But we didn't then, we did a bunch of research, you know, we, did, we spent a lot of time at the library and Google searches and whatnot. <laughs> so, so. Thank you. 
straight as a razor. Open cornerstones, they are proudly shown against the face of my here with Kendall from the lowest pair how are you doing today I'm doing great how are you good now you guys just got in like literally where, where'd you come yeah, from Yeah, Palmer's parking uh, we just came from Oakland last night um, because we just stayed with a friend after a, a kind of a private event that we performed in the city and then tonight we're here at Doc's lab yeah so we're in the city for the weekend more or less we're playing at a winery tomorrow I think in Amador City. Oh yeah, okay. I was up there at, at the uh, wineries up there like t two weeks ago or so. Yeah, yeah it was pr pretty pretty nice. What up winery there. did you go to? Oh gosh, that's not a good question. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, we went wine. <laughs> exactly. I'm not a wine guy, and but I'll, I'll be honest. I live in Napa. Oh. And and I live on a vineyard property, oh, and I wow. grew up in Napa. But that that's why it's a little different. That's how I justify it. Is I I You're don't like, know much about wine. I'm a, I'm more of a beer guy. Yeah. And but uh, I'm Sometimes starting takes, to drink wine. Sometimes it takes it takes like getting away from it to appreciate the. Um what you're what you were surrounded by or whatever yeah that's a good way to look at it I'll, i feel like that i grew up that. in arkansas listen, and like bluegrass was everywhere and i didn't want anything to do with it and then i picked it up i played punk in arkansas and then i like moved to olympia and then eventually picked up a banjo you played punk i didn't i, I all, all <laughs> the research i did on you i never heard that that's awesome what how did you how do you transfer from punk to to bluegrass um i think they're quite similar really i think that um just authentic music is authentic music and kind of depending on which instrument you played on I mean punk's all heart and I think a lot of like folk music is all heart bluegrass is um, fast like it's fun like they, I think they really trans translate pretty easily yeah personally but I tend to have less like definitive ideas about what things are I tend to be okay with the um, morphing <laughs> yeah 
Now, uh, what inspired having two banjos in, in the band? Because I, I know you kind of have, you, you thought about, you know, whether that would work or not, but you tested it out and you kind of came to a good playing field, right? Yeah, actually, well, Palmer, it was Palmer's idea, and he lived out in Minneapolis and I lived in Olympia, and I think it was largely based just on the fact that we wanted to play together and that we both played banjo, and so he thought that would be a good idea. I wasn't totally sure about it because um, it's just a lot of frequency in the same place. Um, so we've had to be creative on how to have the two instruments not get in each other's way and to still create a tapestry that's pretty. Um, but I think it was kind of like, what do they say, like creativity is um, largely based on your restrictions. So in a way I feel like we kind of just came out of what we knew how to do. Yeah. And, and so you've said that you're aspiring guitar players. Do you pick up the guitar? Yeah, or? both of us play guitar. Um, yeah, we both, We these days we even have some double guitar songs. Yeah, we've been calling the banjos the Kentucky earmuffs. And uh, I think it's nice to give everyone a little break from them sometimes. And I, love, I love the banjo, but it, it's just nice to just kind of get a full tonal uh, refresher. <laughs> Yeah. So what are the differences between playing banjo and playing the guitar? What's the difference between like, banjo and guitar? Well, I, I mean, I understand they're different instruments, <laughs> but like when you're learning to, to play the banjo, like how do you prepare differently? Um, well, I write on both instruments, and I think different kinds of songs come out of it. Oftentimes I will write on one instrument and then play it on another instrument just to kind of switch it up and keep it interesting. I think some banjo tunes like lend themselves to like the minory sounds and um, the rhythmic driven things. Guitar is just such a sweet woody uh, tone too that I just think some songs don't need the banjo and some songs do and some songs can kind of go either way and it's just kind of depending on what Palmer and I are feeling like um, as to which one we play. Yeah. <laughs> and and so your your first album that you guys uh, did together, you recorded in Dave Simonette's uh, basement, right? Yeah, uh, mm. Suburban Dad Studios. Yeah, he's he's been on the podcast. He uh, I interviewed him when he was in Napa. And oh, cool. Yeah, and yeah, he's so great. He's he, wonderful. He, he's really cool. I mean, he played an acoustic, just just him. Um, oh, neat. Yeah, there, which which is really cool to see. Yeah. It wasn't the whole band or anything. Yeah. How did you meet up with him? Uh, Dave is a friend of both of ours. I met Dave at the same festival I met Palmer at, the Boats and Bluegrass Music Festival in Winona, Minnesota. And um, I met him just late night, hanging out around a fire, the same way I met Palmer, really. And um, Palmer and Dave go back because I think Dave, I think Palmer actually was watching Trampled by Turtles at a festival on the East Coast and knew their music really well and um, knew that the sound guys weren't doing a very good job to... Um, make trampled sound as awesome as they as they can. I think maybe the sound guys had a little bit too much to drink or something. It <laughs> so happens. Palmer, I think, and a friend of his helped um, kind of save the day. Nice. And, and make the sound beautiful. And so I think that since then, like they were just buddies. I think that trampled had Palmer's old band, The Boys in the Barrels, open for him 
after that, and I think they just became friends. Yeah. And Palmer was scheduled to go into the studio by himself, and then you guys met up and kind of yeah, brought you in, Yeah, right? he called me about starting the project, and I was just working on solo stuff, and then uh, one thing led to the next, and we were in the car. Like, we just decided to start the project and go for it, and he joined me that summer for a lot of the rest of my solo gigs, and he had the time already booked for... Um, for a recording with Dave and so we were like well, let's just go do that yeah. <laughs> as a lowest pair yeah so did you have the songs written before you went into the studio or did you do a lot of writing when you were kind of in that setting yeah that first album both of us had songs and we just both brought them to the table and then we um, played on each other's songs and we're like yeah let's just record that and so yeah. we recorded a month I think after we started playing together yeah and then and I know there's some symbolism behind the 36 cents can you tell me a little bit about that um, well, it's kind of double life. L'chaim, l'chaim is the uh, l'chaim is the Hebrew word for to life, and 18 is this, the numbers 18. The Hebrew alphabet is 18, and the alphabet kind of represents the numbers too. So 36 is double life, and I just always like it, and it was showing up everywhere. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit superstitious, and I like I just kind of like finding. Uh, treasure maps in the day and the number 36 was just kind of everywhere for me at the time so we just decided to call it 36 cents what are some of your other superstitions what are, uh, what get you going <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know if i have any like blanket ones but mm-hmm. like some ladder you walk in black hat well, or yeah i mean there's just the, like regular like uh-huh. if i see a ladder if i can walk around it i probably will but i won't really even think about it i just kind of will do that um it's more of like if things start to happen in threes around me, if I can kind of notice that something's happening, that something's showing up, like, and then something's showing up, and then something's showing up um, a lot, you know, like, so I, I start to just pay attention to it, and I start to think of it as like a, a bit of a treasure map. What sort of things show up in threes, like, for, that you're like, uh, that's... Like for example, like, the whales, for some reason, in the last couple of weeks, like... I had a friend that was super enthusiastic about whales, and then I've just noticed two other times in the last week that they've came into the conversation. And um, so now I'm kind of like, why are whales in my world? Yeah. Like, so now I'm just kind of paying attention to whales. Is this the fourth time in the past couple of weeks, or does that offset that at all? Or? No, no. It's more that <laughs> oh, if it okay. happens in three, I recognize okay. it. Okay. <laughs> if I recognize that it happens in three. Yeah. I think my mom liked threes, too. Did she? Okay. <laughs> and they both, um, and threes are in the number 36. Yeah, and it's just kind of a, a trilogy. True. I don't know. It's kind of a just kind of a powerful thing. Threes. Do you have a favorite trilogy? Um, I like the Golden Compass quite a bit. Oh, that's that, that trilogies. That's one that's not usually chosen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have a lot in my on my like immediate thought of a list. What's your favorite trilogy? Star Wars, the ori- the original. <laughs> nice. The original. Yeah, I can't do the Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm just I can't sit for three hours and oh, yeah. like follow. You know, I just I don't know. Not my bag. I was hitchhiking and I was spending a lot of time hiking around New Zealand right around the time they were filming oh, that, really? and so I just love watching that because it's so beautiful. Oh, I'd love to be. And if I were in New Zealand, I'd, my take would be totally different. And yeah. I, I'd be like, okay, yep, I'm on board with this Lord of the Rings thing. I get it, you know. Right. But <laughs> but I've never been. Actually, I haven't been out of the country since I was a kid. So I, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't get out much. Well, it's pretty out there. Yeah, you've, you've traveled. <laughs> it's pretty here too. You've traveled a lot. What are your favorite places? Um, well, we've only traveled together in the country. Um, 
so far, it looks like we're going to go over to UK and Ireland and Scotland in the springtime. Um, my favorite, I live in Olympia, Washington, and I think it's my favorite place. It's so beautiful. The Northwest is mm -hmm. just incredible, and I'm very much there on purpose. Um, so really, that's my favorite place. And I think we travel so much that being at home is kind of like very special in that regard. Yeah. But I love Colorado, the mountains. Anywhere that when the weather is good, is I kind of can get behind. Like we get to see some really beautiful places. The desert coming down. We just drove down through from Boise, Idaho, through Oregon, and then went and played at these the Feather River Hot Springs near Quincy, California. That nice. Yeah. It was just beautiful. It's just tiny towns and rivers and like crawd daddies like nibbling at your toes and yeah. starry nights and just. I think most places are beautiful or have little nooks that are beautiful. Yeah. You get along pretty well while you're driving and take turns and everything? Or yeah, we're real quiet. Yeah. We read a lot and write a lot and kind of grunt at each other because we spent so much time in the car. <laughs> we kind of forget how to talk sometimes. Yeah, it's okay to have periods of silence, you know. It's just, <laughs> it's sometimes wonderful. it feels awkward, but it's an okay awkward. It's not awkward. No, no oh, we, we, sometimes talking is more awkward than... <laughs> when you're with someone all the quietness. time like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time together. Yeah. So uh, Fern Girl and Iceman um, is uh, the newest album, actually, two that came out at the same time. Fern Girl, uh, I'll let you know, the, um, one of the things that kind of attracted me to your guys' band uh, up front was uh, Fern Girl and Iceman because my daughter's name is Fern. Oh, so sweet. I have my own Fern Girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I saw the artwork, and it was beautiful, and, which thank I know you. you did as well. Yeah, uh, thank you. So there's, this is going to be a, like a big old mishmash question, but, <laughs> but uh, talk to me about your artwork and kind of the inspiration uh, around that and kind of the creation of that album mm, well I I'm just kind of like a fidgety person like I think it's the same reason I play music and I'm either like drawing or writing or eating or dancing mm -hmm. or running or on trails like I'm just kind of I like to move and I think that I got into just doodling a lot in school because we were I was holding still and so I, I really kind of I haven't spent so much time with art that I'm very intentional about I'm going to draw this and then I draw that. It's more of like I'm kind of always drawing in my journal and every once in a while something will show up that I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Maybe someone would like that. Or When I did that, it just was obviously friend girl and Iceman. Like, he has icicles and she's got all the cool like yeah. spirals. And, um, and then I just kind of said, oh, it's friend girl and Iceman. I was like, that's like us because he's from Minneapolis and... Uh, it just was kind of a cute and true, like kind of yeah, accidental. Like, and oh. you're really naturey. Like you, uh, you when you get when you get back home, you get right out back to nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I spend as much time out there as I can. We had just had ten days off, and I spent five days up in the Olympic National Park, hanging out with a bunch of black bears. I saw a drunk black bear. Oh really? Yeah, they get drunk on the fermented blueberries, and it was just laying on its back, like sprawled out. And I started laughing, and it just lifted its head and looked at me and then laid its head back down. See, when we see a bear in California, we're like, okay, get the, get the hell out of here. Like, yeah. yeah but you're, you're pretty comfortable around. You should keep moving. My friend yeah. was like, dude, come on. And I was like, it's so cute. It's drunk. It come was, on. Was, I mean, it's it was far <laughs> enough away that it, I, I, and it was obviously not going anywhere very fast. Like, there, you should be, you should definitely respect them. Yeah. Largely respect them. 
and keep moving. And keep moving. Say hi, and then just keep keep, yeah. <laughs> keep going on. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned running. Uh, I'm a runner as well. Like, oh, neat. To, yeah. Talk to me about your. Actually, I just started like the past year and a half or so, and I got a half marathon this weekend. Oh, and, good job. Cool. You know, congratulations. I haven't girl. finished yet, but no. uh, good luck. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, and then congratulations <laughs> after you finish it. That'll be amazing. Yeah, but uh, but I, I've taken it on pretty well, and I I like I. I've done a couple races where I place in my age group and that sort of thing, so it's cool. pretty yeah. inspiring. Uh, how do you kind of get inspired with, the mu- uh, with that into your music? Uh, well, it's rhythmic. Um, I spend, I've, I got into ultra running a couple, of, like several years ago, about mm-hmm. four years ago, and um, which is on trails, and it's just you spend a lot of time just running in the woods, and it's so much fun, and it's, it is rhythmic, and you, you kind of, you kind of only. Like think you think about everything kind of. I feel like it's a really good kind of catch up. Or if I have like a melody, um, sometimes I'll just have a melody in my head and roll it around for a long time, and then kind of baby talk words into it, and then I might have a a chorus or something when I come out of it. I've always ran like I think that it keeps my brain moving. I almost notice when I don't move or don't run like that I shut down a little in thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) So I almost feel like it's like my um, crank. Yeah. So if you get inspired kind of out on the trail, do you have like your, your phone with you and you record something? Like uh, yeah, it, I have some funny uh, recordings of just kind of like <laughs> with like trying to sing through it. Uh-huh. I, I definitely I definitely will. But what I notice is that lots of times what I remember has a is a better um, if I can remember it and it's hooky enough or catchy enough in my head that I will recall it, that it's probably more going to be a better song. Versus, like, if I need to record it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Uncertain as it is even is the other album that you put out, like, yeah. uh, around the same time. And that has kind of a, a different feel to it than uh, than Fern Girl and Ice Man, right? Yeah. Uncertain as it isn't even is a little bit more melancholy and a little more uh, simple arrangements than Fern Girl. We got a little excited about um, amps and and some percussion and wine glasses yeah. on that. Oh yeah, Palmer's sound check-in. Sound check-in. Sounded good. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so you brought harmonica and stuff into it too, right? Like. Yeah, we've added harmonica. Um, Palmer's a great harmonica player. I've been adding the tambourine and um, trying to get some percussive elements. This just sounds great. I, I just want to listen to this. Yeah, he's so, I love listening to him sound check. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you um, talk to me a little bit about. Uh, well, I guess uh, this is more of a question for Palmer, but I know he like was writes po- has been writing more poems. Oh yeah. So how do you kind? Con- I mean, do, do we have really different processes on the road um, as far as writing. He, we both write a lot, but he kind of has to have the time off the road to formulate the songs, and I I prefer that also. But I've kind of gotten into just figuring out how to do it along the way also so I'm pretty excited we're gonna have the winter off I'm pretty excited to hear what he comes back with because he's been writing beautiful poetry and, um, and he, I, I write all the time I'm kind of like I just, I'm kind of a busy body but I feel like for every 10 songs I write he writes one that's just blows like blows you out of the water so like, yeah do you have plans for the winter um, I do uh, Mostly just chilling out yeah. in yeah. the Northwest. Are there shows you like to binge watch or? Shows have been not really. No. I got into Game of Thrones and didn't finish it, so I might really? go back to that. I, I recently just yeah, uh, my girlfriend got me into that. I hadn't 
been, you know, hadn't gotten you into it. You need to like curl up with and like yeah. hold tight to each other. Yeah. yeah, I live on a boat in Olympia and um, it's cozy in the winter. It's just pretty and the different birds are there and um, it's just cozy. It's always rainy and stormy and the boat's warm and yeah. kind of just get into the womb and hang out <laughs> there. That's my plan. Yeah. Well, it sounds like fun. Well, Kendall, I know you got to go sound check here in just yeah, a second, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Looking, looking forward to the show. Thank you to Kendall from The Lowest Pair for being on the program. Um, really great conversation. And after the interview, actually, um, I went with our mutual friend, Tony, and um, and he was talking to her about guitars and stuff. And then um, I talked to her a little bit more about her running. We started to talk in the, the podcast about running and that how that impacts her, her music and, uh, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and she was telling me about, I mean, do you think I'm a runner? Like she's a runner. There are people who far surpass my abilities, and she's done. I, she, ultra, I don't believe you. Yeah, she does ultra marathons and like hundred mile runs, and I, I, that's I, epic. I, Holy sh! Yeah, I, I think she mentioned something about working on a two hundred mile. Run. I don't know what. what wow, know. that's yeah. incredible. You know what? Um, she definitely has uh, energy. You know. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's one of the ways uh, she can express it. Um, so please tell me you got her killer playlist. Uh, you know, we need to know what she I, listens to when she works out. Please tell me you got that. It starts with Enter Sandman from Metallica and, um, <laughs> uh, and ends with, uh, a little Bill Dylan. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'd be cool to know what kind of music musicians listen to, right? I know. I know. They I didn't do their work. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, when you're running that long, I don't know if you can do just one playlist or what, you know, what do you listen to? I don't know. I should have asked. Yeah. That would have been a. I know. It's, it's a good question because you, you kind of wonder if, uh, if uh, you know, they listen to music that really inspires them or, you know, maybe the music that really inspires them isn't really the kind of music you'd want to work out to. So, you know, is it all high energy, you know, stuff that they wouldn't normally, you know, listen to except when they're working out or what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure. But it was really interesting to hear about, I mean you know, that, because, I mean, I never aspire to any of that. I don't have, you know, I have something broken in me that, like, I always need to exercise, but I'm not, like, okay, I need to do this for 100 miles or anything uh, like that, and I don't right. see myself ending up there, right? Uh, right, right, right. So, but great for yeah. her, I mean, it, taking care of herself and obviously, you know, having an uh, amazing hobby like that. Um, I mean, she, like you said, she has a lot of energy. She, um, she did the artwork for um, their album as well, um, and talked about what you know, um, what interested me, what kind of made me kind of look into them a little bit further was the title of their album, Fern Girl and Iceman. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, my daughter's name is Fern, so um, I was intrigued. And that's sometimes that's all all you need, right? Yeah. That's all you need. And, uh, hey, it's like you've, you've got the, the name of my daughter in, in one of your songs or something. Let's talk about that. Exactly, exactly. And, and all this so, running, you know, really leads to uh, our next song, um, which we're going to play by uh, the lowest pair, which is Fall on My Knees. All right, you like nice, that? man. You like that segue? Yeah, I do. I like that segue. There it is. Take us, take us to it. I wish to the Lord that I 
ship never was born or died. We're not was young, pretty one. Died when I was young. Then I never would have kissed your red ruby lips or heard your lying tongue, pretty one. pair and uh you know uh that thank you again to them for being on the program T check them out next time they're uh in the area for sure and 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 their albums i mean they 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 rely they banjo players really cool we've never i don't think we've ever had a band that played a banjo on the podcast that i'm that i can remember so I don't remember. Uh, yeah. let, let alone two banjos. Uh, so. Right, exactly. And boy, can they play the banjos? Yeah, yeah. Can they play the banjos? I, you know, I feel like um, it not only is entertaining, you know, to watch them play the banjos because we don't have that opportunity very often, you know, to 
to to talk with bands that um, you know choose that as their instrument. But uh, they they work so well together uh, in terms of their music, their voices, and her voice is just. Um, I don't want to say it kind of drowns him out, but it just my ears go directly to just the quality and uh, and uh, you know passion that she 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 yeah. brings to the to, to her art. And and I see that and, also in, when I see her play live and in the videos I'd seen of her, like she, you can see that passion in the way she looks uh, at um, at Palmer as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, is I mean she's really into the, the song. She's into the music. She's she's enjoying mm-hmm. herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he is too. Um, there's just something about her that's like so intriguing. It's like God, I could, I could, I could just watch their video. I mean, I almost would rather watch, uh, you know, them play together, either, uh, either if it's uh, you know on YouTube or live or something, than yeah, than, um, than you know just listen to them on 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 the iPod uh, or some or something like that. Just because I I, I get so much. I kind of feed off their uh, off of their energy when I watch them, uh, you know, on screen. Yeah, exactly. So, so a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. You know what else is yeah. a lot of fun, Jens? What is that, Steve? It's music news. All right, music news. <laughs> Well, why don't you start off here, Steve? I got a couple of stories, but um, yeah, you start and I'll go. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so uh, this one's. Do you know who Drake is? I do, uh, kind of. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm definitely not his target audience, so <laughs> I don't think <laughs> either of us are. Yeah, yeah. I, I know him by name. Uh-huh. I, uh, you know, I've seen him on the web. Um, I couldn't tell you a single song he sings or um, you know any of that stuff. I kind of know the genre, but yeah. uh, what's what's up with him? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're obviously experts to be talking about this, but I know I know we're totally qualified to say anything about Drake. All right. Uh, so he just spent uh, two point eight million on uh, a California mansion. It was his neighbor's house that he uh, that he bought, and he reportedly bought his neighbor's house. And fans are linking the move back to one of his lyrics. Um, Property website Trulia reports that the rapper purchased his neighboring mansion in Hidden Hills, California, um, having bought his house next door in 2012 for $7.7 million. So between the two houses, we're talking over $10 million here. Uh, wow. For two, for two houses. Uh, That's just some spare change, I guess. When you're a rapper like Drake, I mean, he's always number one. And uh, and actually, Blink-182 just dethroned him as number one on the um, on the Billboard charts at, uh, with their new album. But he's he spends a lot of time at number one on the charts. So um, Wow. Yeah, that's how pathetic I am. It's like, you know, if you tell me, you know, artists X, Y, and Z are mm-hmm. the top three in the chart... I'm like, what? Unless one is Taylor Swift, I'm not going to be able to name a song. No, this is, yeah. <laughs> they sing. So his new four bedroom, and by the way, when two and a half, two point eight five million dollars buys you four bedrooms, you're, I don't know. That's it. Like, I know, right? Like, I want more. I would hope it would be a freaking hotel. It, yeah. That much money. Uh, it's a five bathroom, four bedroom and five bathroom property is described so as. How a, did, how does he know what kind of? How does he know which bathroom to use? I, like, 
I don't know what I would do, you know, with that with that much with that much space. Like, uh, okay, I got to pee. Hmm, I have got like five choices. Right, and, and that's his next door house, by the way. Not even his main house, right? So, uh, it's described as a charming ranch style house tucked away on a peaceful cul-de-sac with an open floor plan, hardwood floors, high ceilings, multiple fireplaces, and a top of the line gourmet kitchen. Has a swimming pool, eight hundred square foot guest house, and a small pool house. The house is his guest house, but yeah. Uh, so fan fans have speculated that the business decision was inspired by Drake's own lyric in Future's two, uh, 2015 track, Where Ya At, which sees him rap, I'll buy the neighbor's house if they complain about the noise. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. If, if I could only relate to that, I would. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. Like, if, if music was my passion and I, you know, uh, wrote my best stuff at home and the neighbors were complaining that stuff was too loud and I had the cash, I'd probably buy out my neighbors. Yeah. I mean, but when you have a $7.7 .7 million house, I imagine you have a good amount of space, don't you? Like, you would think. I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, uh, so fans are speculating on that. Meanwhile, the story continues, Jens. The story of Drake it's not continues. Over. All right, let's do it. Drake's tour bus was recently the scene of a robbery with a man taking off with $3 million of jewelry. What? $3 million of $3 jewelry. $3 million of jewelry? In his tour bus. Oh, my God. That's I, I want to know. I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming that the tour bus is probably at least a million dollars, but... I don't know, jeez. Um, God, like, damn. don't you have some high security on that tour bus? Like, you know, you have three millions of dollars of security on board. Someone can just walk on and. Yeah, you would think and, you'd have laser beams or something. And, you and know, who, who's got the cojones to go on Drake's tour bus? Like, I'm not going on Drake's tour bus. Uh, like, uh, with uninvited, right? Right. Like, I wonder if they even knew it was Drake's tour bus or a tour uh, bus. I, they must have known it was a tour bus. I mean, that's they, ridiculous, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Nah, that sucks, man. Poor Drake. But you know what? Put that shit in a safe. That's I don't know who drives around with three million dollars of jewelry and uh, on them uh, as they go around the country. Like, well, maybe it's part of his look, you know, it's his uh, image on stage or in the, on the press uh, or whatever. That's, that's ridiculous. It's just that's, ridiculous. That that's, sucks, dude. Funny. That is so much money. That all, that all could have gone to. You know, had that been protected, that, that all could have gone to some charity or something. That's more than the value of his backup house in jewelry. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. Right. That's stuff that you wear. <laughs> I don't like you, it doesn't even connect to Wi-Fi, you know. No, uh, maybe it do, I mean I don't know. That three million dollars in jewelry better. Do that something. kind of jewelry is so low tech. Maybe it does connect to Wi-Fi. I don't know. It's a sign we have just too much money. Uh, for totally, like the, the, totally, totally, the, totally. You know, things are not balanced here. Uh, yeah. Like when. Well, whatever. It's probably insured. Hopefully. On a tour bus, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, the tour bus. Yeah, you call a progressive uh, and say, "Yeah, I, I lost three million dollars of jewelry that was uh, that when my car was broken into." I guess you get the insurance when when you do that, right? Like when you're renting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh God, yeah. I, I like, know. I I wonder if there's a limit of you, how much you can insure, you know, or or if the deductible at some point gets just so outrageous. I imagine you need receipts. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that thing had security cameras, you know? Who knows? Maybe um, they got a photo of the thief. Uh, that's an interesting story. What do you got? So um, I got a story about one of our faves that we like to talk about uh, from time to time, uh, the, the Mr. Late uh, David Bowie. Um, so get this, Steve. David Bowie's 
final recordings are set for release. It's exciting. So more Bowie material coming our way. It's exciting. I was re- I really enjoyed his um, last album, Black Star, when that came out on his birthday. And uh, I mean, Lazarus and um, Black Star and t- was a uh, Twas a Pizzy, She Was a Whore, and like, I mean, it's a, a lot of great songs on that album. Mm. That, I mean, yeah, really good stuff. And I, and then, you know, the way he, he uh, how did he say it? Um, I'm trying to remember exactly kind of how Bowie phrased it. It was kind of his gift, right? It was his parting gift uh, to his fans, and um, I believe he had kind of written it in secret, didn't he? I mean, yeah, I know. No, I mean, it, no one knew it was coming no, out no, 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 right, so. Anyway. so anyway um final recording set for release um so it's been announced that david bowie's final three studio recordings will be included in the upcoming two disc soundtrack for the late music legends musical lazarus the songs no plan killing a little time and when i met you will be featured on the first disc as they appeared in the show a second desk will include Bowie's versions of the tracks along with the previously released Lazarus. The new songs were produced by the band that recorded Bowie's Swan Song and co-produced by Bowie and Tony. Uh, the company's album will be released on drumroll please, October 21st. Hey, just a not far at all. God, that's like uh, what five weeks or something. Oh yeah, October, right? I'm, I was thinking uh, September, but yeah, we're uh, not too far away. We'll be hearing his very last recordings. He worked up until he died. I mean, yeah, he did. He did. I mean, he was definitely passionate about about you know his art and um, and what a, what a an absolute um, you know honor to to be gifted with all this stuff um, uh, as fans. Yeah, and it was cool. It was kind of a great. We go back to the the celebration where we saw you know all the artists come together and uh, to celebrate Bowie's life and everything and mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean that, just beautiful the outpouring of love for uh, for him so I I mean I look forward to hearing those songs when they come out as do I yes uh, so uh, Green Day uh, is or is that your story that's your story you have Green Day oh I have Green Day I don't know okay. do you. Okay. I don't uh, know. I never clicked on the second link. Okay. Well, I'll go, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go to uh, Aqua. Then uh, they're re- reuniting to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Barbie Girl. Do you remember that song, Jens? No. Do I? Do you, I need you to be reminded of this? You don't remember Barbie Girl. You never. You had to have heard Barbie Girl. Uh, Is it gonna be traumatic if I hear it? I don't know okay. how you got away from Barbie Girl. Uh, it's possible that I might have never heard it, but I think I should have. I'm sure I have. I just don't remember the name of it. Here, sing it. Play it for me. Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie world. Laughing plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair. No, yeah, okay, so I must have been living off under some rock while that was popular. Oh, my God. Uh, totally went uh, past me. Yeah. I was not... Uh, 20 years ago, apparently, that I was on. That's ridiculous. 20 oh years ago. I can't even imagine... I can't believe it's been 20 years since since that song's been out. But you don't even know that. I don't even know it, no. So I'm 20 years late to the game, but... Um, yeah, I'll have to, you know, 
catch up on that one. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the story. They're they're apparently going to reunite and uh, uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, they're going to have a reunion tour, of course. Uh, and uh, we reached number one in the UK, number seven in the US upon its release in 1997, uh, and it was followed to the top of the UK charts by Aqua's two uh, next two singles, Doctor Jones and Turn Back Time, um, and. Uh, their their debut album Aqu- Aquarium would go on to sell 14 million copies worldwide. So wow, it wasn't a small release. I think they got su- yeah. super big by Mattel, and because <laughs> uh, they did not clear that through them, they so. didn't, probably didn't. Right? No. Yes. Wow, interesting. All right, I got my Green Day story. Okay, go for it. Okay, get this, guys. So Green Day got framed for robbing a bank. So there's a video. Watch Green Day get framed for robbing a bank in Bang Bang video. You, you say this like it's like breaking news, like they actually robbed a bank. It's their, yeah, it's their video. I, I, had, I had to phrase it like that because when I read the title, I feel mm-hmm. like they, this actually happened. Like a group went out there and uh, robbed a bank, you know, dressed up as Green Day. <laughs> but this is a video uh, that you can watch. Uh, so what, what happened is Green Day, they've shared their video of their recent single, Bang Bang. Um, the song in question features uh, on the band's forthcoming album, Revolution Radio, which is coming out also pretty soon, um, ahead of Bowie here, uh, October 7th. It's accompanying video directed by Rancid frontman Tim Armstrong and sees the band framed for bank robbery by a group of three youngsters who then proceeded to shower the crowd with stolen cash at a Green Day gig. Yeah. So check check that out online. Yeah, uh, I'm liking the new Green Day uh, that's that's been out. I don't know if you've heard any of it yet. I haven't had the privilege yet. No. No, you've been in New Orleans, and uh, I've been in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I haven't uh, caught up on the Green Day stuff here. I'm liking it, and they're going to be they're doing a tour. Of, I mean, it's a small like venue tour. They're playing in Berkeley, this small place that holds like 1,500 people, and it was another one of those situations. I was like, I'll see if I could get tickets, um, and uh, and I I did get tickets in my cart, and then I let them go because I'm going to be in Lake Tahoe at that time, so I. I couldn't do it, but I would have probably made bank if I sold one of them. Uh, I mean, because they sold out really quick. It's a sm- and fifteen hundred plays. I mean, they've played ATT Park that holds like right. fifty thousand, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's uh, a yeah. little disappointing that I don't get to, won't get to see them live. Uh, it would be really awesome. I, I really like Green Day, um, but uh, another time maybe. So another time. Yes. Another time. We'll have to keep our ears out and eyes peeled for um, maybe their next upcoming show. Yeah. Well, um, I have another rap rapper story. Do you uh, do you know who Nelly is, Jens? I do know who Nelly is, but again, I wouldn't be able to tell you uh, anything that Nelly um, has produced. What, what about Hot in Here? Do you know Hot in Here? No. Oh, Jens. Let's play that one for me. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you're telling me you've never heard Hot in Here. Well, maybe I've heard it, but probably not. But I don't recognize it by name. Okay. <laughs> this is not my, this is not my genre, obviously. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I don't remember that. <clears throat> so what's up with Nelly? We need to get to the hook. Hold on. Hold on. We gotta wait for the hook. Hold on. Because you've never heard this. This is ridiculous. Wait. Here it is. Here it is. Hide <laughs> You've never here, heard that in your up. life. No, not once. Oh, Jens, you're living in a cave. I am. I am. I do. I don't get out much. In unrelated news, we're looking for a new co-host for Concert Pipeline podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're hiring effective immediately. Yes. Someone who someone who doesn't live under a rock who gets out more often. <laughs> someone please help me finish this podcast <laughs> right now. Uh, no interview required. Just start talking. <laughs> right. Uh, well, so Nelly fans are streaming his classic hit Hot in Here. Here has two R's, by the way, uh, on loop uh, in a, a bid to help him pay off his tax bill. So uh, following reports that the rapper owes a seven-figure sum to the IRS, fans have been trying to get the hashtag, hashtag hot in here streaming party trending on Twitter. Uh, and uh, a pro tip, uh, turn your phone on mute and put hot in here while you sleep tonight. Seven hours of sleep equals 110 plays, one fan tweeted. Uh, and, <laughs> and so he, he owes $2.4 million in federal taxes. He's also said to owe $150,000 in taxes to the state of Missouri in a separate debt that dates back to 2013. And so fans are remaining per persistent if they're uh, if they are to help Nelly get back into uh, into credit. So they're trying That's to do this. Like you get like a fraction of a penny for a play. Like we we just contributed our our piece to uh, helping him right. pay off his debt, right? Like yeah, you know what? He just needs to knock on one of Drake's doors and see if he can get a bailout. He'll uh, spin reports that the rapper will need to am amass at least 280 million streams to clear his debt, gi given that Spotify typically awards artists less than a hundredth of a cent per play. Wow. Less than a hundredth of a cent. Yeah. Less than a hundredth of a cent. That's, that's big money. That's big money there, right? So you'd have to play like, even a if it's track one over a hundred times just yeah. to get a penny. Yeah. Dude. Right? That's no money at all. Oh, no, no. Uh, Unless you're one of those stations that, like Alice that only has 10 songs. They play uh -huh. over and over and over and over again. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. Yeah, I don't know. So so if you want to help Nelly, um, I don't know why you can't just do a GoFundMe or something, but apparently it's more fun to play a song. I guess you know, 280 value. million times like <laughs> oh my God. well that sounds like tax evasion all over it yeah ridiculous uh, corporations do it artists do it you know eventually you'll get you'll get caught yes you have one more story I think I have one more story following yours I do this is uh, my last story of the pod uh, another band we like to talk about uh, Aerosmith um, so Aerosmith star shares health concerns as band ponder tour so the drummer joel joey uh, joey the, his name is joey. joey 
Oh my god, did I just say Joel? Yeah, I yes. can't believe I just said that. I'm uh, sorry. I know his name. Joey Kramer. Joey Kramer admits the band's health is a concern as veteran group consider whether to tour again and whether it will be their final trek. You know what? I would be so sad if um, if it came down to Aerosmith not being able to tour again. Why is that? You want to go see him uh, live? I have never seen the actual band live, and I've always wanted to. Oh, Mr. Shot. Always wanted to. You might have missed your shot. I, we'll see. You what? You might have missed your shot. I might have missed my shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did see Steve Tyler recently, you know, solo. Um, I'm so happy that I was able to see that. Um, but would also love to see uh, Aerosmith. I mean, I would want to be totally selfish here saying, you guys should come tour just because, you know, I've never seen you. But I really um, hope that... Um, you know, these health concerns can be laid to rest and um, and the fans can, you know, benefit from, from their talent. So uh, Steven Tyler stated in June that they'd hit the road in 2017 and it would definitely be a farewell project. But guitarist Joe Perry later insisted that no final decision had been made. Kramer backed that position up earlier this month, adding that Tyler has a habit of projecting on things that haven't yet been completed. So I guess, uh, you know, I guess Tyler's getting a little ahead of himself, a little too excited there. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see, right? I mean, when the bands have been around for like 50 years, it's, you know, yeah. it's time to start questioning yeah. it, you know? I mean, and, yeah. and that really, you know, leads to, to, uh, to my story. Which, which is the other band that we like to talk about that needs to kind of hang up. Uh, the, uh, uh, let me guess, you got an ACDC story. I have an ACDC story. Ah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew. It. I think we've covered the three bands that we like to cover. I talk, well, Prince. Uh, we'd like to talk about Prince. I know I we didn't. We didn't story. talk about Prince this week. Sorry. Yeah, uh, all right. Well, we'll uh, try to get to them. Uh, th- there was a story, but it just wasn't that interesting. So. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, all right. What's up with ACDC? The drummer for ACDC, Chris Slade, the least famous of ACDC band members, have uh, dismissed criticism of lineup changes, describing the band as a jigsaw where every piece slots into place. Uh, he says in a clip, ACDC is an institution for a start. Fans feel part of the family, and it's a good feeling, a really good feeling. Um, he says his role is to keep uh, time and drive the band as much as he can. Playing with these guys is a jigsaw, and every slot, everything slots into place. Um, and uh, it's, uh, several ACDC crew members, Trace Foster and Greg Howard, discussed how working the band is both the easiest gig and the hardest gig due to the lack of re- uh, relative lack of equipment used by guitarists Angus and Stevie Young. Uh, so they're they're just talking a little bit about um, about uh, working with uh, working with Axel and um, and how the things feel really natural, right? So mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. So interesting. Anyway, that, lots of stories this week. Good music news, I'd say. I would say, yeah, it was pretty packed. We had what five stories there? That was pretty good. I, I think we had hit like seven. It was yeah, busy. Six or seven. Good, busy yeah. music news. Yeah. So lots of music news. Lots of stuff happening out there. So when is uh, when is the next show? We got something lined up. We do have something lined up for. Uh, we're gonna take uh, next week off, most likely. I don't have anything lined up for next week, uh, as of right now, but. Um, 
Oh no, it is actually uh, next week. The twenty, uh, the twenty fourth, uh, a band called Royal Canoe is playing in Davis, California, and you can, um, they're also playing in on the twenty fifth in San Francisco. I'm gonna probably be uh, interviewing them at the Davis show because of logistically how it would work out, um, and uh, so that's coming up next. So we won't have a podcast next week. Uh, that'll come out the following week, and. Uh, um, you know, probably more great things on the horizon after that. What do you say? Sounds good. Yeah, Davis is a nice short little road trip um, on the way to Sacramento, of course. Yep. Of course. And um, yeah, I mean, we've got we've got some some big stuff lined up uh, for later this year. And uh, and before we say goodbye, Steve, how do people get hold of us? Well, they can uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash concert pipeline pod. I'm going to let you tell the other three yens. What is it? Oh, and I knew you were going to, I knew you were going to, uh, you I, know, I, I got the hard one out of the spot way. There. So yeah, so Facebook, uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Periscope sometimes, sometimes we're on Periscope. Uh, we are on um Mm-hmm. Instagram. We're on Instagram. We're on Instagram. We are. Twitter. Twitter. I said Twitter. Today. Oh, okay. I heard yeah, I Twitter. Twitter, Periscope, Instagram at Concert Pipeline. Exactly. It's an easy it's real simple. At, at Concert Pipeline. Yeah. Jens makes it so simple. Uh, I make it simple. Yeah. You can Google that stuff. It's all right there. It's all right there. Thank you again to the Lowest Pair for being on the podcast. We're going to close us out with one more song from the Lowest Pair set at Doc's Lab in – is it Doc's Lab? I think, yeah, Doc's Lab in San Francisco. Um, this is a song called Rosie. And for uh, Jens Schippel – for everybody at – what? For everybody at our concert <laughs> – Rewind. Sorry, Take two. Yep. Take two. For everybody here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jens Schippel. And that is Mr. Steve Jones. And we'll catch you next time. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three.